Uh, uh, it's just something about this month. Something is in the universe and it's messing with us and it's also in our technology. We're sharing one microphone today. Always. It's like, I, I, I think it's me though, Louise. I, I know that my energy does not connect with technology. It's like we're, we're opposite forces or something because I just tend to break them. So, um, you know, it's my fault. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> F. A-I-R-Y-T-A-I-L-S Welcome to Tech Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, 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 Louise. How did we start this yo, yo, yo thing? How did we start this yo, yo, yo thing? I started it. Yeah, let's not get stuck on something. Okay, yeah. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Louise. What's up? We like to think that dogs in the U.S. are the luckiest dogs in the world. And perhaps you will find some of the most spoiled dogs in America. But for thousands of American dogs, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And no matter how much we love our dogs and spoil them and declare them our family members, they are still, in the eyes of the law, considered property. And they are not beings with rights. Rights that they need, considering that most dogs in America are coming from puppy mills. But rights they may not get in a country where billion-dollar corporations are lobbying against this only to ensure more profit and get animal testing rights. And so we are here today to talk about Dogs America where dogs are property and no legally different from furniture or other stuff in your home. Something really caught my attention when you were speaking it when it's when you said in America there's the most spoiled dogs and then the more, most uh, abused dogs and most um, uh, homeless and suffering dogs and so that kind of really reflects a lot about what is America these days you know there's the very wealthy doing really well right now and it just gets you know the the people who are just suffering more and more so it does kind of reflect the community or little bit more about America, doesn't it? It sure does. How a country treats its animals overall really says a lot about what kind of country it is. And we, we referred back to Gandhi about this a thousand times, like, you go, man, because that's a really good quote. Um, and it's scary to realize that um, the American dream is long gone, and we are left in a cocktail of it misery we have so many different groups in our society that are fighting for uh, rights and equality it's not only dogs so true and so you know i think that if we think about how we treat not only th- it's the underser- underprivileged underserved the ones that can't speak out for themselves the ones that are that don't have that privilege or that power that we have to speak for and that's f- across with animals and human beings and uh, you know we have to we have to think about this i mean this is not just think about it. we have to act this is important um, we we need to we need to change some things around we need to start showing our humanity that's right listen to this 
According to American Veterinary Medical Association, there are almost 77 million dogs in the U.S. And of course there are more because not every dog goes to the vet. We know that. And, um, you know, roughly 90% of all the dogs that are uh, sold in in stores, and most dogs are coming from the store, and these guys are coming from the puppy mills. So this means that most dogs in America are starting out their lives in filth and neglect. Oh, my gosh. This is just wrong. I mean, you know, you expect it in a third-world country because, you know, the people are suffering. How can you expect them to take care of the dogs when the people are suffering? But this is – this. there's no excuse here in the U.S. This is crazy. I mean, this is shameful. So, you know, we're not any better than any other country, and it, we're, we're – in fact, it's we're worse because <laughs> we we know better and we can do better. And we know that the situation in puppy mills is not humane. And you know that because we've been talking about it on a previous episode called Puppy Mills, uh, where we were saying that they're not living up to humane standards. And the Department of Agriculture that is supposed to oversee the puppy mills, uh, they're overwhelmed with their 100 employees checking on 10,000 puppy mills. And then some. It's a shit show. And even when anti-cruelty statutes do apply and the prosecutors, like I said, they're usually overwhelmed with cases and they often lack the evidence needed to win the cases. So in practice, this means that only the most horrendous cases of animal cruelty are prosecuted. So it's a pretty lawless land out there for dogs coming into this world in puppy mills. And if you haven't listened to our episode on puppy mills, please do, because we have a lot of information there that might be surprising to you, or perhaps you had no idea puppy mills existed. Um, but, you know, we have, that is one of a, a big issue that we've been talking about, and it's like, you know, it's it's part of being capitalism as well, being a capitalist. And I'm not trying to be, like, political here at all. I'm just saying that, you know, it's about making money and, and not necessarily about, you know, being fair or being just or being right or being kind and careful it's about making money that's right it's all about the money and that's uh, what's holding the legislation back when we're trying to move forward on the anti uh, anti cruelty laws for animals that we have here in america because so far there is one law for dogs in america uh, and that is the the big animal welfare act And it regulates practices involving dogs being tested on in laboratories, uh, dogs in entertainment, dog breeding and transport. However, this law provides only minimal protection of food, water, and shelter. That's it. So everyone out there, you've got to be thinking, okay, you know, this seems really barbaric and we're now in a time where we have this most advanced technology and we're, we're growing our minds and understanding more through the internet and knowledge yet this is still happening. So what the hell, like where, where's the disconnect? It's hard to grasp that we are actually living in a society that treats dogs and animals in general this way and that we're all okay with it because most people we know would not be okay with it if you just ask them, you know, right out like, hey, do you think that dogs at puppy mills should be allowed to go on walks? 
most people would say, yeah, that's a great idea. Or like, do you think that puppies should have their paws on a wiring floor and never touch ground? No, that sounds like a terrible idea. That's what people would say. So it's not a question of people agreeing with this being necessary. It's a big, scary machine of political forces and money, and uh, we need to do some changes. But I can tell you there is some good news. Okay, please, those good news. But first, before we go to the good news, I want to compliment. I like those questions that you came out with because I think they're really thought-provoking, and I would love for us to take it on the street and you ask those questions. Ooh, that's a fun idea. Maybe we'll do that for our Instagram. Cool, let's do it. And I got the megaphone. Oh, yeah, bring it on. So for the good news, um, we are moving forward like baby steps. Um, there have been a few legal changes that have really blurred the line between animal and person and between property and person uh, when it comes to cats and dogs. For example, in custody cases, judges have started talking about the best interest of the dog and which home the dog would be better in, uh, which you would never do for a couch or a lamp. Right. I mean, they're... That we're treating them like a lamp and a couch, and a, I mean, they're just like a rock. They have eyes, they have emotions, which has been proven. They have feelings, they have, uh, I mean, the, their ability to love, and that's what we look at them as. I mean, how would you feel if you're, if, well, I mean, you know what? Women at one time, we were property too. In so many ways, uh, the animal rights movement can actually be likened to the civil rights movement. And it's, of course, a little touchy subject because some people get offended when you compare humans to animals. But you're so right about that uh, because it's uh, African-Americans or Asians or women who used to be property of only, you know, the father or the husband. We've come a similar journey and where once, you know, African-Americans were considered animals as well. And we were sold... Yeah, they were sold and they were abused and then finally they became their own legal beings. And in a way, animals are on a similar route. Okay, I'm going to say you did give me a little hope, Louise, and I need to hold on to that because you know what? We are, it feels like it should happen now and hell, you know what? If you and I were running the country, I'm sure it would definitely be done and done, but, but it's not the case. So that does give me hope that perhaps we will be there one day. And so if women have gotten this far, African-Americans, and they still, we all still, and you know what? We still have ways to go in both groups. So, I mean, we still have a long ways to go. So it's just, I guess it's just a process. Another encouraging thing is that... Um, Uh, In some places like San Francisco and Marin County and Boulder City, Colorado, uh, they actually changed the term owner to guardian in the legal context that they have. I mean, it doesn't really change anything legally, but it's uh, changing how uh, society views the relationship between dogs and people. I mean, it's one step in the right direction. Yeah, and that just says, you know, that words do matter. You know, they they do matter because they do um, change the way we think. So how we label things or call things and what we use 
um, to describe something is really important and, and that makes a difference. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of uh, arguments in this case because, you know, people want to hold on to the past a lot and they have a hard time changing. And that's just the reality is that we live with, you know, so many different types of humans and some are just, I mean, I, I hate this sounds terrible, but I just I was always saying this. I mean, some I feel like some humans have evolved a lot faster. I mean, I guess that's obvious, but it's kind of like we there's humans that have evolved, and there's some that are just really behind a lot. And you know, I don't know what that means scientifically, or just just about you know the makeup and the the DNA and all that. I mean, it's I have no clue, but I bet there's just a lot to that. There's certainly different types of people in this world. I'll give you that. I, I wonder if it's that simple sometimes that if uh, people who grow up with animals understand that they're so naturally equal uh, beings to everyone else or if, and people who are just been disconnected from, from animals don't. Could it be that simple? I don't know. It's hard for me to understand, Louise, because, you know, I can't put myself into uh, those shoes to understand. It's I just don't even have the ability, you know. I It's just my my mind can't even comprehend to think any other way. Yeah, I mean, how can you not empathize? It's um, it's hard to wrap your mind around. But, you know, I saw that the, the other day how so many people don't empathize with dogs. I told you I was out driving. Oh, my God, Louise, this story is... Um yeah, this is a this is a this story says a lot and it's it's going to be hard to hear but you need to hear this. So, I was driving from the park with my pack of dogs and like sort of coming down the hill on the outskirts of the park and I see something running into the street and getting hit and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's a dog." But uh, nobody stops or nothing happens. So, I'm like, "Oh, I must have seen wrong." Uh, because it, then people would have stopped, right? And uh, I, I get to that point and I see that something is indeed lying in the middle of the road. And this is almost like a highway. And then I think, oh, maybe it's just some uh, big wild animal. Like, because if it was a dog, people would stop. And especially because this traffic of people right here, are, a lot of them are coming straight from the dog park with their dogs. So they're definitely dog people. <laughs> um, but yeah, nobody stops. And I'm... It, past and I look in the rear view mirror and I'm like it looks like a dog and I see she has a pink collar and I'm like oh my god it is a dog and I so I turn around and stop my car and I go out in the street uh, to stop traffic and another dog walker uh, pulls over and it's indeed a dog lying there in the middle of the road she you know got hit by a car and she's dead it was so sad yeah, you know, and the fact that you, to you and another dog walker were heroic to go out there. I mean, God love the dog walkers. Well, uh, naturally, we, we can't drive by that situation. And so wrapped the dog up in a towel and we went to find the parents. And it was, of course, such a sad, sad scene. And, you know, so much love and fear and pain. Uh, I can't put it into words, but... Um, I, I was glad at least that she didn't have to find her dog on the highway and that we could, you know, do something. And, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of things that we're learning about the story and it, I know it's hard to hear about people not doing the right thing and just pulling over and helping. They're just so 
bogged in their their whole world and their world is to them is so big but you know it's it's not like we need to all come together and the fact that you know you went out there and got that dog and brought it safely to the owner it shows such hum- huge amounts of humanity uh doing the right thing and you know just uh, not easy because i know that just messed you up for the whole week and but but we all have to just do the right thing. And I try to, t- I tell my kids all, that all the time, no matter what, do the right thing. Even though the right thing can be really, really hard, just it's always the answer. It's always the cho- choice. And we just have to start making decisions out of love. Yeah, it scared me how so many people did not stop or not care, even though I'm so sure they're dog people. And I couldn't wrap my head around that because that's, Somebody's baby lying on the road. Uh, don't you have time to stop? Well, anyway, uh, back to business here. What else to say about Dogs America? Well, the idea of giving dogs rights and making them their own legal personhood uh, has caused a big debate. Uh, there are many different groups that don't want this to happen and they don't want it for different reasons. Uh, there is, of course, the, you know, the billionaire corporations that are going to lobby against this uh, because they just want to make more money. Of course. What does it come down to? Money. And really, I mean, how many really wealthy people do you know that are like super happy? I don't know too many. You know, it's it's about helping others and sh- that the people that are that seem the happiest are those that share their their money. Even the you know what they their studies have shown that people who have less actually help and donate more money and as far as percentage wise of what they have compared to wealthy yeah so the billionaire corporations that are lobbying of uh, against uh, forwarding the anti-animal cruelty laws we get what those jerks are all about uh, but one thing that really surprised me Uh, was to find that the American Veterinary Medical Association is actually against having dogs legislated as being their own person. Okay, you're going to have to explain this one to me because this is really out there. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Right, because, you know, veterinarians are on the dog side, so this is so absurd. Uh, well, I found an article on National Geographic uh, saying that the American Veterinary Medical Association, AVMA, is fighting the idea of legal personhood for pets because they worry that if they are their own legal persons, um, if the vet then makes a mistake, they could get sued for vet malpractice for tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, so it's a money thing. Money, money, money. That's it. I mean, so what, why, why do you think in this country people are so hungry for money? And I mean, I guess I, maybe other countries are too. I I don't know. I don't, obviously I'm not an expert, but I just want to understand what your perspective is. It's like, why are people so hungry for money that they will do something that's, that's this horrendous and hurtful and harmful and unkind and unloving? I, I just need to understand. It's a poison. I don't know what to tell you. It's the the poison in our society. And um, is it power? Uh, Is it freedom? Is it corruption? Is it just, you know, a naive try for love? Hmm. 
naive cry for love. I mean, I think that these people have not do not have a spiritual side or a side where they are like connecting of a deeper sense of who they are. And they're in this facade world and they're trying to get like, I mean, I know I'm going like way off the rails here, but um, I, I've just been thinking about this a lot lately for some reason. And I just feel like people have stopped trying to just be a human being and being like, I don't know, just understanding themselves more and looking inward and, you know, making positive changes in their lives. And it's just, they, people are just so stuck in this facade and like, you know, what, what do people think of them? Ooh, they're rich. They have nice clothing. They've got the name brands and it's get stuck in that instead of like anything else. And I think that's what part of this huge era of COVID will have us change now. Hopefully that we realize that, no, let's not go back to normal. That was deceitful, bad. People got unhappy and it's got more about money than about love or happiness. You know, it's not about all those things. So we need a new normal. And so I'm hoping it's going to be a big change right now. The new order. Well, you know, that's what I'm hoping for, too, because um, there isn't going to be it's never going to go back to the way it was. It's never it never, never, never will. If there's a especially if you haven't been downtown San Francisco, because I know that we have listeners from all over the world. But, you know, and, and I have I would love to see you and hear about your cities that are just destroyed from COVID. And you know what? Maybe we need to just relook and rechange what we put out there. And, uh, you know, we, we don't need all the shit that we buy. Oh, and, but, you know. About this whole money thing and the dog uh, becoming their own legal personhood. Uh, it's For some people, it's not about the money. Why they don't want to give legal rights to the dogs. They don't want it because they think it undermines what it means to be human. Okay. It undermines what it means to be human? Okay, so... Did you explain this? Because I'm, I'm at a loss. Okay. Yes, yeah, so the idea is that humans are unique. And only we can have rights because rights imply responsibility and an understanding of how the law works. Giving animals uh, rights completely shatters this idea. So they're basically saying that it just doesn't make sense. Um you know, like, they can they even know that they have rights? Should they have rights then? It's, like, kind of philosophical. Okay, well, the answer to that is yes. Any, In my opinion, and I believe that any animal should have rights. Anything that is a living, breathing, even plants should have rights. You know, we need to have the ability to have forest and nature. And you know what? That Why do we decide who has a right to live and who doesn't? Who has the right to be treated fairly and who doesn't? Why are we the ones that decide that? What makes us the ones decide that? Like what bullshit has been fed to us to think that we are the superior? You know, think about it. You know, I know it's hard for people to wrap their head around. I totally get that. But really, 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 really think about that for a second. Do it. Yeah, so one of the mind-boggling things uh, about this whole thing about imagining the America for dogs 
is to understand that we are actually living in this reality versus we have an understanding of us living in modern times and we're being so humane and modern and taking care of each other. And we're not because this is the situation for dogs. And it's hard to uh, wrap your head around and you might think like, oh, well, this is the way it is. Yeah, it's easy to do that. It's just easy to look the other way. But we all know when you look the other way, it's never going to go away. It's only going to get bigger and bigger and worse and worse. And it's going to be in your face at one point. And what really blows your perspective is when you start thinking, wait a minute, this is not how it's done in other countries. Oh, no. I mean, that's a thing, you know, we're, we're living in a country where we think that we are the best at everything. And yet we don't really know what other countries are even doing. And so we have to look at that. Like if we're America can, America needs a step up, you know, because this country is an amazing country and has done a lot of amazing things, but we're falling behind in some things. So come on, let's like, you know, I'm a little competitive here. Let's like fucking do the right thing and be, be a country of humanity. It's, it becomes a big deal here talking about whether or not dogs can have legal rights and what does it mean and it's such a big thing. And it just sounds like, you know, the discussions that were held back in times where women were considered property and they're like, can she really vote? Should she really? Like, that's madness. It just sounds just like that. Exactly. Ooh, exactly. I just bonked my lip and teeth with the microphone. But yeah, I mean, shit, you know what? It's, it, I, I'm just going to go back to this because this just blew my mind because I just learned this and I thought, what the hell? Women couldn't even get credit cards in the seven. We couldn't get credit cards until the 70s. I mean, that's not that long ago. I mean, I was alive then. That's fucked up. So we are definitely behind the times in a lot of things. That's right, because of course dogs can have rights. It's done in other places. Of course, Switzerland is a leader in improving the living and working conditions for animals. You know, it was 20 years ago, in 1992, that Switzerland became the first country to constitutionalize the... Uh, worth of dogs of animals that they were equal beings okay so switzerland yeah smart people two decades ago two freaking decades ago that's crazy okay switzerland i, I want to know more i want to know more tell me more louise austria also recognizes animal lives equal to humankind and sweden my home country they grant legal protection to Animals that are both wild and domestic. Animal welfare laws are so different in Sweden. And I didn't really think about it until I got to America and I stood in the grocery store buying eggs. And it says all these different messages on the boxes, whether or not they were caged and some, you know, like all these like different conditions of their living, like that you can choose different levels of humane care for eggs here. Okay, so that is something coming from an outsider perspective. Uh, you know, yeah, that is that is fascinating the way you put that. We just take it for granted. We just look at it, but it's like 
that is, so so this is not a normal like most country, countries don't have caged chickens because I hate those cages poor chick I have chickens they are social creatures they love to wander they are they do not want to be in a cage they are they're amazing they're domesticated and they're running around they do not want to be caged okay so tell me Louise other countries don't do this of course it's a mixed situation there are a lot of countries in the world where animals are a lot worse off um, but in Sweden. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely up to standards. I mean, it's not even a question uh, to uh, notify on the egg packaging because everybody knows, of course, the chickens are roaming outside. Where else would they be? You don't. Ha- you're not advertising it like to make money. It's like, hey, I guess what? We're not torturing our animals, so you should buy our eggs. It's like, of course, you're not allowed to torture animals and sell them. It's just the law but here in america it's a different situation okay so i'm just curious what do people think about what we do to these animals in sweden i mean they must look at us as like a barbaric country because that's what i'm seeing i'm just it's it's embarrassing i'm embarrassed i'm like so embarrassed right now to be american i have a lot of things i'm proud to be about being american but right now i'm embarrassed you should be. <laughs> I, I feel sorry for you, Tiffany, but I know I'm a laughing stock as well. I mean, I'm not even an American and I choose to live here. And uh, I mean, of course, people don't get upset. We do love a lot of things about this country. Uh, but, you know, as far as animal rights goes, it's a shit show. Come on, we got to admit it in order to move forward. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so Louise... Did you choose to live here? <laughs> we won't go there. Anyway, <laughs> but I'm so glad you did because I would have never met you and now you're my best friend. So, um, yeah, so we, we, we can do better, people. Come on. Let's, we, can't let, we can't let Sweden be, make us look so bad, you know? Come on. It's embarrassing. Well, Sweden makes everybody look bad. So in Dogs America, we have a big issue of dog homelessness, of course. I mean, hence, Fairy Tales Dog Rescue. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be doing this and we wouldn't be successful if there wasn't a need, you know. I mean, we're not, we've, we've actually have been so, uh, uh, we don't have enough support. We can't, we're at a point right now where we can't even help more dogs because we don't have enough foster homes. We don't have enough, you know, time and, and, and energy because there's such a big need right now. And it's really heartbreaking. And, you know, the dog, dog adoptions have slowed down. Uh, so really worried about that. All right. Well, you know what? I think that we still have to look at this in a positive way is that there is possibility because we do eventually catch up you know there's countries that start there they are evolving and growing and you know we, we we see other models in other countries and it works so let's take a look at what sweden's doing and you know and see how that the quality of life there i mean isn't i wonder about norway i hear norway is like apparently the quality of life there is really high well they're not in the eu so we don't like to talk about them <laughs> Okay, I didn't know that. Never mind. Before we wrap it up here, Tiffany, we need to go over the little chihuahua mixes we have in our hands. Tell us about the little lovely fuss butts. 
Okay. First of all, we have Unicorn, who is so perfect. She is five pounds. She's a little, she's like the mini pin coloring, but she, I think she's all Chihuahua. So she's the black tan, black and tan. Um, those markings, so cute. And she's full on potty trained. Her name is Unicorn. Check her out on our site, put in an application and, uh, you definitely are going to love this little girl. Oh, and then we have one more. Who's that? Pegasus. Now Pegasus is like your big baby dog. I love that name, Pegasus. Oh, oh, wow. I love it too. So yeah, so Pegasus is a special little guy. He, you know, doesn't have great scenes. So he was found on a street, but he got hit by a car, probably because he can't see very well, but he still can see enough um, to get around. And uh, so he's he's walks around fine now. He's healing every day, and um, he's he's a sweetheart. That dog is so nice, um, and he's funny. And so he'd be great home for um, somebody, you know, somebody who wants like a dog they can kind of baby. And who, who's the last pupper? Well, I think that's it. We just adopted Goldilocks to the foster mommy. And um, I think we just have two dogs right now, right? Oh, we got the puppy, Echo. Well, Echo is going to get adopted. We have so many applications. Puppies go. But you know what? You know, puppies, I mean, I would. I, I think getting a dog that's at least a year older is, is, is easier. Oh, to me, dogs are like fine wine. They only get better with the time. Uh, you know, I'm a sucker for senior dogs. I can't wait until my dog gets old. And I don't say that because I want his life to end sooner. It's just that I can't wait until he's old. <gasps> it's going to be so great. Okay, so tell me, tell me, Louise, what is it about seniors that you love? They're so grateful and happy and cozy. I don't know. I just really love them. Well, you know what? That makes sense because I think that I feel better as I age. I feel I, – I like my knowledge and where I'm at. And I'm enjoying being older and also, you know – just I don't know there's something about being wise and I know you have a thing for seniors because of bear our lovely bear who is on our website who had an anniversary yesterday and so we uh, are thinking about bear as well and that's that's Louisa's senior citizen love of her life that's right bear dog forever But right now, there is a little rescue chihuahua that is crying in my bedroom and needs our attention. So let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up and uh, say adios. Ciao. How much is that dog in the window? <laughs> the one with the waggly tail. How much is that dog in the window? I do hope that doggy is for sale. I must take a trip to California and leave my poor sweetheart alone. If he has a dog, he won't be lonesome. And the doggy will have a good home. How much is that dog in the window?